Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We live in an amazing time when God is asking to come higher in our expectation of Him and deeper in our consecration so we can see lives saved and nations turn around. In just a moment, Doug and guest Lewis Hogan will share some of what God is doing today and how we can get involved. But first, I want to give you a glimpse of the work of Somebody Cares. We believe in honoring and serving law enforcement and first responders who are sacrificially serving their communities. Like many, we were grieved when Corporal Galloway was gunned down during a routine traffic stop in Houston. Because of many years of relationship with law enforcement, Somebody Cares was invited to offer comfort and care to deputies in his precinct. And because of our friends and partners, we were also able to feed over 500 law enforcement officers who came from around the country to honor the memory of Corporal Galloway. Countless men and women who came echoed their appreciation for being seen and cared for in their grief. The doors for continued ministry has opened to many. Pray with us for these brave public servants. And if you can help us serve our first responders around the country, visit somebodycares.org and give to the Serve the Servants Fund. After this episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit awardandseasonpodcast.org to download a free 30-day devotional that will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. So April the 9th in Brady, Texas, the heart of Texas, tell me what's happening and why it's happening. Yes, Doug, thank you so much for having me on today, and I so appreciate it. It has been a journey, and I'm so thankful for all that the Lord has done, and I'm thankful to you, Doug. You've been such a good, close friend, and walked some of this journey with us. But we are having a prayer gathering in Brady, Texas, on April the 9th. We believe it's very significant. In Brady, the town motto is the heart of Texas, and the Lord was very specific as we started planning this prayer gathering that we were to go to Brady to hold this gathering. You know, I've been asked numerous times, it makes a lot more sense to go to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or down to Houston where you're at or Austin where there's a lot more people around and hold a, a statewide prayer gathering. But the Lord is very specific about Brady going to the heart of Texas. And that's why we're going there really out of obedience to Brady. We are gathering pastors and leaders, but also families, teenagers, college students, high school students. We're coming all together in that one place in Brady, in a park in Brady, Richards Park, on April the 9th, with hearts of repentance, praying for revival and awakening, praying for college campuses, college universities, praying for revival and families. It's going to be uh, multifaceted, but we are just know we're going at the at the desired unction of the Lord to do this. You've always been so humble about this, but Everything you do has been born in the place of the quiet place, the closet, the prayer, and then God gives you this unction to take it beyond the prayer closet. What you're doing is really born out of that place of intercession for our generation. The book of Joel only has three chapters, and sure. yet it's called at a time when a nation was in crisis. And we've seen the buildup of crisis for years now. And we really need a breakthrough. I think we're all sensing that with the global pandemic, the increased uh, polarization, divisiveness politically, and and even in churches. How can a people stand together if they're divided, as Scripture says, or a nation stand if it's divided? But more so, what happens when the church is divided? And so your calling has always been to pray for pastors. And and I read every day, as you do, so many pastors are leaving the ministry for various reasons. No one sets out to fail or to become discouraged. 
But things happen in life. And so it's so disheartening to see so many pastors that have started out, like in the book of Jeremiah, God picked them up when they were nothing, they become something, and all of a sudden the enemy comes in and really diminishes the witness. We know it doesn't change the gospel, but it does diminish the witness, and it really does knock the wind out of the church for a season. And the church, of course, then becomes divided. When you were called to begin to pray for pastors, what was your journey? I know you had been on staff at a church in Conroe when I first met you. And tell us a little bit about the journey, what brought you to this, because this is going to be a massive gathering, it seems, because so many key leaders and university presidents and pastors are gathering. And and so it's not just, let's have a call of prep. It's really a serious time in the heart of Texas, we believe is the first gathering in the center of a state of all the 50 states. The ones that happen in Texas will have an impact to the nation and beyond. Amen. And Doug, there's so many facets to this. As you said, it's been a journey from a wife and I. We, of course, I met you when I was youth pastoring at First Assembly of God in Conroe. We moved to the Metroplex to plant a church in, in 2000. In 2004, really had a vision from the Lord that started us on this whole journey of these babies in a field. And I was got to my church early one Sunday morning just to pray by myself. And as I was just praying, the next thing I knew, all I could see in front of me was like a big prairie field. And the field was full of babies everywhere. And they all had their heads thrown back and they were welling. I'm trying to figure out what I'm looking at. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm showing you every aborted baby in America since 73, mm. there's over 40 million babies in this field, and they are welling for justice. The blood is crying up from the ground. That vision, it probably didn't last two or three minutes, but it really kind of changed the whole trajectory of life and ministry for Rachel and I, my wife and I. From there, we're part of a house of prayer at a church in Grand Prairie called Shady Grove Church, uh, directed a house of prayer as the Lord led us. And then in 2012, we launched out what we're doing now with United Cry. Uh, with our heart really to see pastors and leaders come together in unity, to see revival and awakening, but also to be a voice for life, for the protection of life. And so that is what led to our gathering we did that you were such a huge uh, help in and part of United Cry DC 16. Let's park on that because sure. I think it was a very significant turning point, even in your journey in ministry, but there was something significant in the most difficult, and I think it's prophetic, of scenarios, what was supposed to be this massive gathering on the mall turned out to be the most difficult weather-wise in every way, but yet so many people of influence, church leaders from every denomination, they were there from Anne Graham Lotz to the late Bishop Harry Jackson, Alveda King, the niece of, of Martin Luther King Jr., and, and as well as her cousin, Bernice. And so it was a very powerful statement, and yet the weather was horrendous, and yet we pushed through. And I believe there was a prophetic statement in that is I think the church to be reminded of where we are now, what we've been through, we've got to keep pushing through but God will always give us the breakthrough, the master of breakthroughs. Tell us a little bit about that journey, because that's a powerful message, what you gave you the vision for DC 16 on April the 9th of 2016 in Washington. At the yes. same time, they were doing the gathering Azusa Now with Lou Engel and them in LA right. at the same time. So we actually simulcasted some same of that. that. That was uh, such a tremendous journey for us. And, you know, we set that date of April the 9th, 2016, two years. We took two years to kind of put this thing together. We didn't realize it when we set that date of April the 9th, and this is significant for what's going to be happening in Texas on April the 9th. That was three anniversary dates from history that we didn't even know about when we set that date, one of those being the ending of the Civil War at Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia, April the 9th, 19, or excuse me, 1865. 
then the birthing of the Azusa Street Revival on April the 9th, 1906, and then Dietrich Bonhoeffer being executed as a pastor on April the 9th, uh, 1945. And really those anniversary dates became kind of the framework for what we did in DC that day in the terrible weather, as you said. You know, I tell people, even our gathering we're doing here on April the 9th here in Texas, I used to think, okay, God, God gave us this date, so we're going to have beautiful weather, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and I don't say that anymore, because that, the weather was so terrible that day, but yet I also know God was saying something in the midst of that. I never will forget, when I got up that morning of April the 9th in D.C. and saw the weather, I remember looking out, the, you know, in our hotel, looking out the curtain, thinking, okay, God, what in the world is going on here? I didn't hear anything back. Ann Graham Lutz, when she shows up out there, she was so, uh, it was so gracious. She came up to us, she said, I got up out at, you know, at a hotel this morning. I looked out, out of the window and uh, saw the weather. I said, God, what is all this about? And she said, immediately the Lord spoke to her and said, how serious are you about this today? Mm. So we know in the midst of the weather, God was in the midst of everything. And that just brought peace to my heart when, when she said that, of course. So we know that, yes, there is a place of doing, of persevering, and even in what the Lord gives to us. And it's not always going to be easygoing. There's going to be some rough patches and, and hills and mountains, but the Lord is always there to see us through if we, if we persevere. How serious are we? Because it's great to be invited in all these national Christian leaders from sure. all different backgrounds and denominations. And we had a whole list of things that got to put on your heart that we need to pray through for our nation. And we look back now in retrospect, how critical that really was. Man. At the same time, it's easy when it's nice air conditioning and nice buildings and right. the weather's nice. It's another thing when it's contending. It's it's that place of binding the strong man, as scripture says, it's that place of, yeah. of true intercession. And I tell you, it was a rough day in the natural as far as I mean, we were chilling to the bones. It was so cold and the turnout wasn't what we expected. But yet again, some of these uh, significant influencers, Christian leaders from all across the nation were there. And I think that in itself, having to press through, showed me that there still is hope for the church. Without a doubt. Yes. And it was, it was a battle all day long, several times, even the day before we had that prayer gathering, the parks department in D.C., told us they were basically going to shut us down if something didn't change. And we had some adjustments with the weather on that Friday before. They were, they were basically saying we were canceled. And we began to pray. And some of the wind, the, the wind, expected wind gusts began to be shifted to later in the day. So the loudest to get started. But I remember even halfway through it, uh, they, they're coming to us and said, we're about to shut this down if something doesn't happen with the wind. And Rick Curry, your friend and my friend, he got he was going up to pray. So we said, Rick, would you just command this wind to, to die down? And which he did. And we, you could feel it tangibly start to lessen again. And we made it to, through the whole day of everything we had planned. But it was a, it was a journey. But, I, you know, I'm so thankful for it, too. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's those battles sometimes you go through and the warfare you go through. But when you come out the other end, you're so thankful for it. And I'm thankful for that day. So mm -hmm. thankful. Well, I know it wasn't easy. And I just thank God that God is renewed your strength. A lot has happened between then and all the things you've been involved in and we've been involved in together. We came out of a season in 2016. I just came out of stage four lymphoma cancer. Yes. You guys have been a part of watching me through that and prayed me through that. Take us now, fast forward to what has given you the desire for April the 9th, 2022. Last year, 2020, uh, 21, there was a national prayer initiative that took place. And Doug, your friend, my friend, Doug Small, uh, was uh, 
heading that up, it was a desire in his heart to hold a prayer gathering in the very center of the nation last year. There was 28 days of prayer nationally that preceded that. So we were a big part of that here in the Metroplex, spearheading prayer and prayer gatherings those 28 days, but it all culminated in this field in Kansas in the very middle of the nation in this, really it's a cow pasture up close to the Nebraska border. And so there was about 3,000 intercessors that gathered together that day under a tent in the middle. And there's even a little white chapel up there in the middle of this pasture that says, this is the very center point of the nation. Of course, that day we cried out for revival and awakening nationally. But part of the dream and desire going beyond that one day event was to go back to the state level and hold prayer gatherings in the middle of every state. So as I was actually leaving that day uh, on July the 23rd last year, Doug Small stopped and said, hey, would United Cry consider doing uh, this gathering in Texas? And I said, well, let me pray about it. And immediately when he mentioned that to me, this thought of, I wonder if there's any chance that April the 9th is on a Saturday in 2022, you know? So I got back in the car. We're driving back to, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're kind of talking about it. We look on the calendar and April the 9th falls on a Saturday. We almost knew immediately that was what the Lord was saying. We'd have it again on April the 9th. And then, of course, then we started searching for the center of Texas. Wasn't sure what that was. And honestly, I've lived in Texas all my life, Doug. I had never heard of Brady, Texas. But we determined it was Brady, and their town motto was the heart of Texas. So we, we just felt so strongly it was going to be on April the 9th in Brady, Texas, the heart of Texas. And I do think this thing of the heart is really significant. I do believe we're still in that Joel 2 moment in our nation. And, of course, Joel 2, 12 says to, uh, the Lord says, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garment. And I feel like the Lord is really right now, both in the church, but also cor corporately in the church, but also individually. I believe he is really dealing with our hearts in this season right now. And that we are to be wholehearted toward the Lord. We are to have hearts of repentance. Those things that have bogged us down, even sin issues or struggles or whatever it may be, that this is the hour to repent of those things. They allow the Lord to deliver us of those things, that we can be wholehearted toward the Lord. So there's something he's doing in the heart, not only personally, but I believe uh, in the heart of our nation right now. So us going to the heart of Texas, I believe, is very significant. You know, Lewis, uh, this is so, I think, important for us to comprehend for people who are listening and watching. Over the years, you and I have officiated uh, people's renewing of their vows for their wedding. At like about three o'clock this past morning, I just kept waking up and I kept hearing the Lord say, I need a recovenanting and a renewing of vows with my people. Wow. And it's like that second circumcision, you know, we talk about when they, before they entered into the promised land. Right. After being in the wilderness for 40 years. And I really sense that what God is preparing for us is to call the church to the renewing of our covenant vows with him. Yeah. And, wow. and that for us to get recalibrated or get to have renewing, we have to have the renewing of our covenant vows and to recognize that he is Lord. It was many, many years ago now, but during one of the presidential congressional prayer breakfasts, I was asked to go, and I remember getting a phone call from uh, Lynn, uh, who was producing something at the time for the late uh, Dr. Bill Bright of Ke Crew, Campus Crusade, and sure. uh, and for Chuck Colson of Prison Fellowship, and for uh, Max Licato. Asked if I would be a part of the taping of two TV specials called The Soul of America. So I went, and I remember sitting on the set, and I wasn't saying a word. I was listening to Chuck Colson, Bill Bright, Max Licato, and others. And, and finally, they put up a sign that says, Doug, speak. And I'm thinking, what am I going to say with these giants uh, of the faith? 
But I said, we all agree, we're talking about the soul of a nation. I believe the only way to reach the soul of, of a city, community, be it rural or urban, a state or a nation, is we need a heart awakening, the heart of the state. And I said, so how can we reach our communities or the soul of our communities if the heart is weak? I mean, I said, I believe the heart of any city or state or nation is the church. And if the church's heart is weak, then we need a heart awakening, defibrillation. And I really sense what you're saying. We need a heart awakening. We, we need to enter into the heart of our state for a heart awakening. I really sense this is a time for the renewing of our covenant vows with God so that God then could set things in order. Well, that is so powerful. Yeah, I, I believe that too. As we've been preparing for this gathering, there's something that's from, from past history here in Texas, I think it's so relevant, even talking about the heart issue, is that the Lord had to start just researching some past revivals here in Texas, but the Lord has highlighted one in particular, and it took place in Brownwood, Texas uh, in 95, which Brownwood is the closest little town to Brady, about 40 minutes uh, from Brady. And in a Baptist church on a Sunday morning on January 22nd of 95, there was uh, a pastor, John Event, who I believe you know, and he uh, got up one Sunday morning. He had a heart to see revival and awakening in Brownwood, he got up one Sunday morning and just had it was normal service going on. A Howard Payne University student, Howard Payne University is there in Brownwood, was a part of his church. He asked, his first name is Chris. He asked Chris to come up. He said, Chris, read any scripture on your heart. And Chris Riff, it's what I just read a few minutes ago from Joel 2.12, rend your hearts and not your garments, return to me with wholeheartedness. And as he read that, he just broke down weeping and publicly began to confess some sin issues in his, in his, in his heart and his life. That led to the whole morning getting disrupted as people can started standing up, running down to the front of the church. The story is confessing wow. sin, getting prayer, getting delivered. But that not only happened in that church Sunday morning, it happened. The story is in all the churches in Brady, the same move of the Holy Spirit happened that Sunday morning. Wow. And then it spread back to Howard Payne University and to many other churches. But it was a student getting up reading Joel 2.12 about wholehearted returning to the Lord with your whole heart. And I believe that that revival is something the Lord is really highlighting for us because it was marked by repentance and the repentance led to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a returning to wholeheartedness. And I feel like that's kind of the blueprint of what the Lord is doing in this hour. It's about the heart. It's about repentance. And it's about the, the Holy Spirit coming. We're obedient to uh, pour out his spirit upon us, upon our state, upon our nation. So there's so many things the Lord has just brought to our attention as we as we put this together. There was a prophetic word that was given to us uh, right after we started planning this event. A man named Matt Sorger, who I know a little bit, you may know Matt some. Mm -hmm. He was here in Texas in May of 2006 and speaking at a church. As he was got up to speak, he said, the Lord gave me a vision of the state of Texas. And he said, what the Lord showed me is that as the heart of Texas is awakened, it will awaken the heart of the nation. And so, and the second part of that word was also about Texas being the key state in our, in, in the nation to see the culture of death broken, the covenant of death broken that took place in 73 with Roe v. Wade. And so we see all this kind of culminating together. Of course, we're right in the middle right now where the Supreme Court has the Dobbs case in front of them that many believe well, either they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade in June when they rendered their decision or maybe take Roe v. Wade back to the state level, make it a state issue. But either way, it would be broken nationally, this thing of a national legalization of abortion. 
And so we're going to be right in the middle of the Supreme Court making that decision when we, when we gather in Brady on April the 9th. So we just see all this culmination of things coming together for life, for revival, for awakening. And it, we really believe it's a, just that moment in time that the Lord is uh, doing this. And Texas is actually going to be the first one to do the prayer gathering. That's, I believe that's also very significant. The other 49 states will be this summer and in the fall. But we're the first one out of the out of the gate, basically, to do this prayer gathering. And I, do, I believe that's significant. As, as you know, there's so many words about Texas that have a revival beginning here, awakening beginning here in this state that would touch all of the nation. Absolutely. And beyond the and nations beyond. of the world. Exactly. And when we talk about the issue of the shedding of innocent blood and the sanctity of life, we're not just saying we're against, we're actually for taking care of a generation because, you know, regardless of our political persuasion, we all have to agree that it's pretty significant when any society feels it cannot take care of their unborn or their children, and that we would have to resort to what we call abortion. And the reality is, is that we know from a spiritual context, that's the shedding of innocent blood. That's the place of, of laying on the altar our children, as they've seen throughout scripture, that God actually made God sick, that yes. you would discard your children. So any society, regardless of your political persuasion, if it comes to that kind of desperation, we have some real issues that have to be dealt with in a heart issue. So it's not so much we're against people because we want we believe in the redemption of God. Yep. We also believe that that women who and others who have, have been a part of abortion, that God loves them. God wants to bring healing in their lives. God wants Amen. to bring redemption. Yes. But we're looking at the larger context of offering. And I like what it says in Corinthians that you cannot or partake of the table of the Lord and sacrifice at the table of demons. In other words, you cannot say you love the Lord at the same time, continue to function in the ways of the world. We have to decide that we want God to be the Lord of our lives and not just say, I want to be a Christian. I want the Lord to love me. And we know he does. He, his love is unconditional. But we also need to be able to say, God, I want to be at high noon with you. I want to align with you where there's no shadow of turning. Amen. The thing about you and Rachel, it's not something you just decided to do. I, for all these decades now that I've known you, it's been a part of who you are. You've never wavered from the area of your commitment to addressing the, the shedding of innocent blood the sanctity of life, the sacredness of marriage. And at the core, it has always been, God, we know it can only happen if there's an authentic manifestation or revival of God that hits our, our state or hits our nation and our generation. So I, I just thank God for you saying yes to God. I know it's not been easy. I know praying through even saying yes to doing this on April the 9th, 2022 again. Through, I know uh, you went through a lot and the, the cost it took on, upon you and your family financially in every way, but yet you knew that was an important moment and, and God did it. I believe God's going to do the same thing, but in a larger context, as we open the floodgates for the Holy Spirit to move. Why don't you share a little bit also about what the takeaway will be in, in, that you're desiring uh, uh, being led of the Holy Spirit to do this April the 9th, and how can people get involved? Tell us some of the people that you've already talked to that are excited about coming, so it's not an issue of having prima donnas, there's no egos and logos that, you know, it, this is something that it, it's, it's out of our way, but people are saying, right. this is the Lord. And that is truly, you know, it's, it's not about big names and big platforms. It's truly about coming together with that heart and spirit of repentance, uh, bringing uh, families together. Even the Lord has spoken to us that this is really like a Nehemiah moment uh, of families coming together, uh, of repentance, of praying for revival and awakening. 
And so the things the Lord's putting together have just really uh, been amazing to us in that uh, we are, two things are going to be happening leading up to April the 9th, the week of. We are working right now on putting together, we're going to have intercessory teams. They're going to leave from basically eight key cities in Texas, uh, some of the major cities, but also some cities on the border of Texas, like El Paso, uh, up toward Wichita Falls, uh, Longview, maybe down toward Corpus Christi, uh, Christi. And these teams will be traveling toward Brady that week. But as they travel, they'll be stopping in little towns and cities they go through, just releasing, uh, praying for that city. They'll stop at county courthouses, governmental buildings, landmarks, and also praying, gathering people together in that city to pray. These intercessory prayer tours as they're coming toward Brady uh, that week. And so we feel like that's going to be really significant. And then we also have an intercessory team that's going to be driving the full uh, border of Texas that week, all, all around the border, and arrive in Brady on April the 9th. So there's going to be some prayer things happening statewide leading up to April the 9th. And of course, gathering that day. And the Lord has been so gracious to bring prayer networks together. Uh, and there are some leaders nationally that are here, are here in Texas, like yourself and uh, men like Will Ford, uh, Cindy Jacobs, those type of individuals that are planning to be a part of what we're doing that day and be with us and help lead that day. But there's going to be many, many pastors, many leaders, pr uh, prayer network leaders, uh, young people, college students are going to be leading the prayers that day because we really believe it has to be everyone coming together. And one thing we truly want to do, and I mentioned college students at Howard Payne University and uh, Dallas Baptist University is going to be involved with us. And the chancellor there is to pray for revival on college campuses and universities here in Texas and, and even beyond. But so there's so going to be we have multiple denominations. We have multi-ethnic, multi-generational, yes. multi which Not really is a reflection of what God wants. Exactly. And even, you know, when we talk about Joel 2, that solemn assembly, he says together, everyone together from the nursing babes to the elders, the priests, the pastors, together, everyone together in that place of prayer. So that's what we're really working toward and doing. And the Lord is giving us a lot of favor, I believe, and getting a lot of different networks and denominations on board with it. So it's going to, I believe it's going to be very much multi-generational ethnic. Uh, and so I'm very uh, thankful for that. This podcast is being released right around Valentine's Day, when many will be celebrating with heart candies and heart cards and all that. It seems significant to me that we're talking about getting back to with the heart of God and uh, talk about a true renewing of our vows and, and renewing of our love and passion is Bishop Dale Bronner, my dear friend, and uh, he and I are part of, have known each other for decades. Uh, we were sitting down one time when I was, after I ministered at his church and quite a few multiple services, and we're having a late lunch. And we just talked about at that time, years ago, about our concerns about where things were going with so many people we knew that were in leadership that are leaving the ministry or had some failures. As we began to talk, he said, you know, it's because their passion for Christ has waned to their passion for other things. So in other words, we came out of that saying our passion for Christ must be greater than our passion for anything else. And wow. what a great time for us to talk about getting a heart awakening again, yeah. and for us to renew our vows with the Lord uh, in this yes. gathering as we come in humble posture, our faces to the ground, so to speak, your hands lifted to heaven, that God will begin to speak to us and he will shift and turn things that only he can. Exactly. We were uh, two weeks ago uh, at the National Prayer Committee that took place. And it's a gathering of some national prayer leaders and so on. One of the representatives from the, from the Barna group was there as a part of that. And I just 
uh, wrote this down, that what he said that day, according to their data that they're collecting now and examining other co cultures throughout history that America has crossed all the lines. No he said, no nation has ever recovered that has the indicators of self-destructive behaviors, moral decadence, economic fragility, social trends, unity, fragmentation, concerns, and ever, and ever survived. He says, we're at a point of no return, yet our only hope is a national spiritual awakening. And I mm -hmm. do believe that, that we, we must see a national spiritual awakening uh, in our nation in this hour. And uh, so, 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 th so thankful for all you've done for many, many years. I know that's your heart's desire. And I just pray, God, would you send here in Texas, would you do something here in Texas that would touch our nation uh, as we move forward? And so thank you so much for all of your support and blessing. It's, it means a lot to me personally. Amen. It's April the 9th, 2022 in Brady, Texas, the heart of Texas. I encourage everyone to be involved. You go to unitedcry.org. And when you get on the homepage, there will be all the information for the day and what's happening in April 9th. There will also be a registration link. Of course, there's no cost to coming to pray with us that day. But we are trying to get, if you could register, just so we'll have an idea of how many we're having that day to facilitate all of this. So uh, we'd love for you to register, but go to unitedcry.org and get all the information and register for the day. And because it's not like a big city, they'll have to make their arrangements and plans, probably the outer skirts to get hotels and motels and that kind of thing if they plan yes. on staying. But again, April the 9th, 2022, Brady, Texas, the heart of Texas. It'll be an open air gathering in a large park there in Brady. Well, the mayor and everyone is happy to have everyone come. It's such favor with the city of Brady and yes, the mayor and the city council. And so we'll, we'll be open air. We do have, uh, if the weather's terrible that day, and we're praying it won't be, but if it's raining and all that, we do have an open air, like huge pavilion where they have their stock show. This, they're right where we're going to be having our gathering. At. We could move everything under that if we need to. Oh, wonderful! To keep people dry, but hopefully that won't that won't be the case. And that day, it's going to be 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Will be that, that six hour prayer gathering that day, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We are having we I've really centered in on like uh, Rick Curry, who a uh, good friend, and you know uh, Rick's going to be there as a part of the day. But we really try to center in on some national, excuse me, some statewide leaders, even some that have some national influence, some that I mentioned a few minutes ago. But then also men like Doug Small will be with us that day. And we're working on setting up these other statewide prayer gatherings in other states. Many of those leaders are going to be with us that day uh, in Texas because we're, the, as again, we're the first one. And so we're saying, God, uh, do something here. There will be a template for these other states to follow uh, this over this next year. So um, yeah, Tom Schleter, uh, the Texas Apostolic Network will be a big part of it. They're helping with some of the, the teams. Gary Bryant with Evangelism USA will be a part of it. Uh, different ones that are coming together, but mainly here, the, some of the main leaders here in Texas, pastors, that's what we're kind of really centering in on. This is a critical place and juncture in our nation, in our generation. I think people's hearts are failing them from stress and fear and anxiety. What a great opportunity now to get things back on focus and have our hearts turn to God and renew our vows with him. I want to encourage you. I plan on being there. Lisa plans on being there. Lewis has so kindly and graciously asked me to, again to be a part, yes. and, uh, to hold up his arms and to help um, to kind of keep things moving and, and to help facilitate uh, the day. So yeah. thank you, Lewis, for that, for trusting thank me. And I take that very seriously. And I know you and I have both been together in many uh, gatherings like this around the country. I never want to go, come into it thinking, well, we've done these before. I want to come in with a fresh sense of desperation for God's presence. 
As Leonard Ravenhill used to say, God doesn't answer prayer. He answers desperate prayer. And the reality is that God's not looking for us for to have religious incantations or shallow platitudes. This is a time of desperation for us to say, God, we need you. And uh, we need you, Lord, by first getting our hearts rent before you. And God, do a work in us so that you can do a work through us. Yes. I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 through 20. It says that God doesn't even regard the raising of our hands in prayer, our gatherings or our conferences, so to speak, our numerous prayers, because an ounce, I believe an ounce of obedience is more than a ton of prayer. He doesn't regard our sacrifices, et cetera, because, and here's why, does God not regard our prayers? He does. But too often we just give God prayers and shallow platitudes. But uh, here's what he emphasizes in Isaiah chapter one. You have allowed the shedding of innocent blood. You overlook justice. You neglect the orphan and the widow. Your hands are covered with blood or the shedding of innocent blood. So he says, wash and cleanse yourself. May remove your sinful deeds, put away your evil doings before my eyes, God says. So even when we represent the Lord in the house of the Lord, the church, God still sees what we're doing in private. What we do behind closed doors when nobody can see, but God has everything to do with our public impact or influence or lack of it. Wow. He says, stop sinning. In other words, cease to do evil, learn to do right promote justice, give the oppressed a reason to celebrate, take up the cause of the orphan, and defend the rights of the widow. Mm. And something I've appreciated about Lewis and Rachel is that it's one thing they, they've contended in the private place, they've contended in the prayer closet, but they've never stopped giving focus and targets to their prayers and action beyond that, because they're not just involved in prayer, they are, they're prayer, they're revivalists at heart, but they also have been a part of truly listing out these things and being a part of rending their own hearts, but also being engaged in reaching the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and far beyond in prayer and in action in tangible ways. So again, I encourage you to go to unitedcry.org and to get more information about what's happening in Brady, Texas, the heart of Texas on April the 9th, 2022. And what are we calling that day? Praying at the heart of Texas. That's the, praying at the that's kind of, of yeah, just praying at the heart of Texas on April the 9th in Brady. Well, Father, we just thank you right now that you've gone before them, gone before us. You're our rear guard. God, I'm praying this is not just a, a celebration, but this is a time of expectation in you for deeper levels of consecration, higher levels of expectation. God, as we come before you, I pray we would renew our covenant vows with you and say, Lord, have your way. Be Lord of every part of our lives. Be glorified in all that we do, say, and think. God, our lives are not our own. It belongs to you. You purchased us with a price. And that was the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that this is still your church, as fragmented as we have become. God, you still gave your life, Jesus. Uh, you, you gave your life, shed your blood for the fragmentation of the body of Christ so that we can become one in you, one new man, putting aside our dividing walls, come together in humble posture, yes. seeking the creator of the heavens and the earth. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. We do feel like this is a key moment and time and uh, love to see everyone that can be a part of, uh, of Brady, Texas on April the 9th and believe that God's going to move and go before us and the move beyond that day as we if we move forward i'll mention one other thing we're county level we're going to have, be having 
Every county represented in Texas, I didn't mention that part of it, 254 counties, I believe, in Texas will have everyone represented. So it's going to be a tremendous day. So anyone's welcome to come. Of course, you don't have to live in Texas, but if you live in Texas especially, please plan to be there on April the 9th in Brady. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.